0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Bravo Docket. I am Sassy, and I'm going to be recording this episode solo because Angela is preparing for BravoCon, which, quite frankly, I should probably be doing as well. We've both had a pretty busy week. We were involved in another documentary. I don't think we're allowed to share what it's about, but that took up a lot of our last week. And then we're just both trying to get ahead on work and personal lives before we head out for the BravoCon weekend. I'm supposed to be entering my time right now. Don't tell my law firm that I have not yet done that. But it is what it is. What are you going to do? Anyway, all that being said, I today wanted to talk about one of my favorite. Oh, I don't think I want to say favorite. One of the legal issues that I'm most interested in, one that has nothing to do with reality television, but it's also one that we've gotten requested a lot. And when I think back on it, it it is just wild to me how we started this podcast in 2021. And that's when the Tom Girardi stuff started coming out. That's when Jen Shaw was arrested. And then that's when Britney Spears's Conservatorship was finally ended. So, surprise! Today I'm going to be discussing Britney Spears' divorce proceedings, her um, custody proceedings, and then her conservatorship. I've been very interested in this. I mean, there's so much coverage of it. I don't know, have you guys all read her memoir? I wasn't initially going to read it. I don't know why. I just wasn't really feeling it. I was like, I'm not really sure if it's totally her. I'm not sure if it's legitimate. I don't know how much is going to be shared that I don't already know because I'm one of those Britney fans that consumes all the media about the issue. I, it, it's constantly on my TikTok feed. I watched a really good YouTube documentary on it. Let me look it up what it is. Hold on. Because I want to share with everyone, this is like one that was independently created. And I know there were those ones on Hulu and then the one on Netflix. But this one came out before all those. And whoever these creators are spent so much time going through all the legal filings and everything, every film clip, just everything, and put it together in such a fascinating way. And I I cannot do this case justice. I'm just going to say it outright. Yes, I'm going to give you my insights. I am going to go through most of the documents. But there are just so many filings in these cases. And a lot of them are under seal. So really no one, except for the lawyers involved in this, can talk to what they say, those that are under seal. But like, even so, there are so, so, so many filings in these cases I mean, the conservatorship alone we know lasted what, 11, 12 years? Um, let me go to the docket. Okay, so I'm on the docket. There are 41 pages of documents in the conservatorship alone. For each page, I'm not gonna count because we're recording, but for each page, I'll say that there are about 25 documents per page. So 25 times 41. Hey Siri, what's 25 times 41? Oh, yeah, that's 1,025 documents. I tried to choose the best of the best. There are so many. They're just way too many. I feel like someone could have a podcast just going through Britney Spears' conservatorship documents. And I know there are accounts that do that. I know there are YouTubers that have done that. So if you were really interested in this whole legal issue, follow one of those accounts. Like I said, I just, I cannot go through all of these documents, but I've chosen what I think are the best of the best and highlighted them, and I'm excited to talk to you about them. Let me find that YouTuber's page. All right, so I found it. So the channel, (laughs) I could have guessed this one. The channel is called Deep Dive Presents Free Britney, and there have been seven videos on their channel. They're, roughly half an hour to an to an hour and a half each and they're just so well produced so well produced so if you have about 7 hours to spare i highly recommend watching these i mean it just it's such a good 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 summary of what happened in Britney Spears' cases so before i dive in to what happened in her custody proceedings i do want to touch on my thoughts on her memoir so like I said before, I don't know why I just didn't have an interest to read it. I think because I just thought I wouldn't learn anything new. But I will say it was refreshing to hear what happened in Britney Spears' own words. And even though, well, I did the audio book because now I have a, a, now that I have a commute to work, I like listening to things. And um, so I did the audiobook. and even though it wasn't Britney Spears actually reading it and it was Michelle Williams, she did such a fantastic job, especially when I like sped it up to listen to it, that it sounded just like Britney Spears. So it was sort of comforting to hear everything in her own words. I was particularly interested in her descriptions of the legal proceedings and what was going on. I mean, I would have loved to have heard more about what happened during those, especially during what I'm going to call the dark years, so sort of between the beginning and the end of the conservatorship where it was just like status updates going on on the docket. I would have loved to have known what her meetings with her court-appointed attorney were like. I know she called him, what did I what, I put it on her social media. What did she call Sam? Oh, in her memoir she calls Sam, her court-appointed attorney, calls him weird-ass lawyer. I thought that was just so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I have seen the conspiracy theories that say that this was really not her story, that her she's still in a conservatorship or still being managed by people. These aren't her own words. I felt, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt. I feel like it was her own words, and I appreciated Hearing everything through her, as a big follower of the Free Britney movement, and like I said, those deep dive videos, it was just it it made me feel good that Britney Spears was able to confirm everything that the movement had speculated about. I really liked it. I think my favorite part was actually hearing her. Speak, not Michelle Williams, in the prologue, and I think the first chapter, just I don't know i miss I miss Brittany. I miss her a lot I think I think the conservatorship did a number on her mental health. I think maybe she needed some guidance at the beginning of it. I don't think the conservatorship was the appropriate means to provide her with oversight. And since she's been in it so long, I'm of the mind that she has been really deeply affected by it and doesn't now know who to trust and how to manage her own life. And that's really sad. It's really, really sad. I mean, how could you, after all those years, and after all those years of having your own family turn on you? How could you ever trust anyone ever again? Ever again. Oh, my second favorite part of the memoir was, so I was like watching TikTok videos of her former interviews, and there's one which she's about 20-something. It's before the conservatorship, and she's talking about her new release, Touch of My Hand, and someone asks her if she ever remembers her dreams. And she says, I usually don't, but I have had one that's been recurring. And she's like, should I share it? No, I don't think I should share it. Okay, fine. I'll share it. And it's that I'm running through the woods and I'm being chased. And I feel like I'm going to get caught. And she says she keeps having that dream. And then oddly enough in the memoir, and this comes up later in the memoir, in the timeline after the conservatorship, she says that she kept having dreams of being chased in the woods. But I found it just so interesting that she was sort of having premonitions of people coming after her. And then it came true. People did come after her. Oh, Brittany. Makes me sad. Okay. Let us dive in to the divorce and the custody proceedings. So the entire custody proceedings have been sealed they are inaccessible to the public, except there are reports from around that time as to what was going on. And I did get access to one large filing that refers back to other motions filed and hearings that occurred. So from that, I could extrapolate what was going on in the case. So in November 2006, Britney Spears filed for divorce from Kevin Fetterline, and this was shortly after the birth of her second child. So both Kevin and Brittany filed for sole custody of both children. By January 5, 2007, Kevin and Brittany agreed to a custody arrangement. For some context, Brittany then shaved her head on February 18, 2007, and it was one day after she left rehab. She checked into another rehab two days later, and that's when Kevin Federline moved for, for an emergency custody hearing. On May 29th in 2007, Britney Spears posted an emotional letter to her website and opened up about her experience in rehab. She said, Recently, I was sent to a very humbling place called Rehab. So, I mean, that tells me it wasn't voluntary. I truly hit a rock bottom. Till this day, I don't think that it was alcohol or depression. I was like a bad kid running around with ADD. I had a manager from a long time ago come in and try to direct me and my life after I got my divorce. She continues, I was so overwhelmed, I think that I was in a little shock, too. I didn't know who to go to. I realized how much energy and love I had put into my past relationship when it was gone because I genuinely did not know what to do with myself. And it made me so sad. I confess I was lost. In July 2007, the divorce was finalized. And Kevin and Brittany agreed to equal custody. August 2007, Brittany was involved in a hit-and-run accident, and it was all over the tabloids and documented by paparazzi. Then this is where I was able to access a document and understand what was going on. So in August 2007, Kevin filed a motion to modify the custody agreement because of what he claims was Brittany's mental stability, drug use, lack of judgment, drinking, and a lack of routine and structure in the children's daily lives. He also said that it was on the basis that Brittany couldn't provide him with a consistent schedule to split custody. It also noted that Brittany had extensive travel outside of the state, which violated their agreement. It also said that she failed to provide her children with adequate medical and dental care. He also claimed that her revolving door of nannies, mannies, assistants, and security guards were concerning. And he also noted that she had multiple trips to rehab. On September 4th, 2007, the court ordered a 730 custody evaluation for both Kevin and Brittany. A 730 custody evaluation is an evaluation that looks into the mental health and parenting practices of one or both of the parents. It must be done by a qualified mental health professional. The mental health professional has to meet certain criteria to do this type of evaluation and the professional is selected by the judge. Originally, in the document that I read, it read like only Britney Spears was ordered to go under this evaluation, but then I found evidence or corroborating pleadings that actually said it was both of them. So there are many reasons a 730 custody evaluation can be ordered. It can be based on concerns about child abuse, substance abuse, mental health problems. It could be that one parent wants to move out of state and the other parent objects. It could come about if there's questionable, questionable parenting practices that could leave a negative impact on a child. It could come about if the parents are unable to agree on the custodial arrangement or if there's a question about the child's upbringing. During a hearing on September 17, 2007, the court ordered that Brittany had to submit to random drug and alcohol testing, engage in individual counseling to address parenting issues once a week, and meet with a parenting coach for at least two sessions per week during her custodial time. Obviously, this is from a slanted source because this is from a declaration submitted by Kevin's attorney. But Kevin's counsel claimed that it was impossible to schedule Brittany's deposition, and she left a settlement conference early. She wouldn't agree to the drug testing facility for the court-ordered drug tests, and she failed to attend a court-mandated hearing on the drug tests. She didn't provide proof of her California driver's license, which the court said was required before she could drive the children. On October 1, 2007, the court ordered that Kevin Fetterline had full custody of the children. On October 11, 2007, the court expanded Brittany's visitation to include one monitored overnight visit per week. In the memoir, Brittany mentioned that she was ordered to pay Kevin Fetterline's attorney's fees, which at first I thought was ridiculous but his counsel's argument was that they had to engage in additional unnecessary briefing because of her failure to abide by court orders and appear in court. I was curious as to what was going on around this time with Britney, and this was when she was plastered over every single tabloid magazine. For example, the cover of OK Weekly stated, quote, Britney Suicide Watch, and it had a picture of one of her children crying on the cover with a huge headline that says, Goodbye, Mommy. This is also the time where she was being swarmed by paparazzi. She was photographed often with Starbucks or a cigarette in her hand. She was brunette. Again, this was post-shaving, so she had what some call bad hair extensions. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of pictures of her just being out and about during this time period. There is one image from TMZ from Thursday, October 4th, 2007. So again, around this time where Kevin's attorney said that she was not appearing in court. And it says Britney Spears is shown in this frame grab from video courtesy of website TMZ as she arrives at the Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills, California, October 3rd, 2007. Spears did not attend a court custody hearing regarding her children in Los Angeles earlier in the day, October 3rd. So that confirms that she was not in attendance at, for, for some critical court hearings, or at least one. To get his attorney's fees paid for, Kevin Federline's attorneys also noted that there was a huge disparity in their income. They were actually required to submit what their income was, submit a full accounting, and it was attached, or at least Kevin's was attached, to this filing that I located. It says per respondent's current income and expense declaration filed herewith, Kevin has no net income after business expenses. He currently receives child support of $15,000 per month and his receipt of spousal support of $20,000 per month will end on November 15th, 2007. Per petitioner, so Brittany's income and expense declaration, a copy attached, her average monthly income, is $737,868, and Petitioner, so Brittany, lists that she spends $102,000 per month on entertainment, gifts, and vacations alone. In addition, I have reviewed Petitioner's schedule of assets and debts, in which she lists that her net worth is approximately $30 million, which includes real properties believed to be listed at cost. Thus, Brittany has discretionary financial resources available to contribute to Kevin's reasonable and necessary attorney fees and costs incurred in seeking relief for the protection of the minor children. I'm sure there's a legal reason as to why this is fair, but it does not feel fair. (laughs) Speaking as a regular person, it does not feel fair that a woman who has become successful in her own right has to pay for his attorney's fees. However, now that I said that, that feels misogynistic of me because... In situations where it's reversed, which happens to a lot of these housewives, where they're fully dependent on their spouse's income, I guess I would say it would be completely fair for them to have their attorney's fees paid. So I'm checking myself, even though I don't have Angela here to balance out my thoughts with. I do it in my own head. The Supreme Court is back in session. And as constitutional law professors, we're here to tell you that now is the time to press play on strict scrutiny. You can join me, Melissa Murray, and my co-hosts, Leah Lipman and Kate Shaw, as we unpack what's on the docket for this term and all of the legal drama behind it. We may not be able to bring you inner peace, but we'll have a good time breaking down why Sam Alito never deserves it. You can listen to new episodes of Strict Scrutiny each week, wherever you get your podcasts. So the last thing I said was that Kevin received full, sole custody of the children. And because I don't have access to the documents because they were sealed, I'm assuming that at one point, Britney Spears got a little bit more access to her children. Because then in January 2008, the court awarded Kevin full custody, again, of the children, following Britney's psychiatric hold. And then there was what we all know about, where she... Didn't want to allegedly hand over her children to Kevin following the end of her visitation. And then she was placed in a 5150 hold and then she was placed into a conservatorship. So then this is all from third party reporting. But following this time period, things between Kevin and Brittany were tense, but they seemed to be doing okay. Then we fast forward 10 years february twenty eighteen Kevin asked for Brittany to pay him twenty thousand dollars more per month in child support. He was already receiving twenty thousand dollars, so he wanted forty thousand dollars per month in child support in september twenty eighteen they settled on thirty five thousand dollars, and the reasoning was that he the reasoning was that so he could provide. Britney's children, their children, with a similar lifestyle to what she could provide the children. In August 28, 2019, the custody agreement was changed to him having 70% custody and her having 30%. Purportedly, that was the result of the stipulation between them. In May 2023, she consented to them all moving to Hawaii. And that's the last of the information I have on the custody battle. Okay, so before I move on to the conservatorship, full transparency, I'm recording this the night before we release it. So on Halloween, I should have recorded it earlier, but I got really excited because I now live in a duplex, That and we're on the bottom. It's my first time living in sort of a, a home with a porch before I've lived in apartment complexes. So I got really excited, and I got us all dressed up. I dressed up like a ringleader. I had Avery dress up like a clown. And then I I had my dog Buddy dress up like a lion. And we actually got trick-or-treaters, and it was so exciting. And we didn't get a ton, but I didn't know if we would get more after like 7 p.m., 7.30, after it got dark here. So I just sat in my costume and was looking up Britney Spears conservatorship filings, And now it's late into the night, but it was so worth it for Halloween and so worth it for getting this episode out. All that being said, I apologize if there are extra ums and likes and pauses in this episode, because I'm going to have to edit as soon as I'm done recording this. And apologies if you hear me drinking my water. Let's get into the conservatorship. So we've talked about conservatorships before in the context of Tom Girardi. We spoke about it most recently in our episodes discussing his competency. But for a quick refresher, a conservatorship is for those who cannot take care of themselves or their finances. Conservatorships are usually placed on elderly individuals. It can also be placed on adults with developmental disabilities who cannot fully take care of themselves or their finances. So I guess Britney Spears would fall into the latter category, according to Jamie. It is, it, it, it feels, no, it doesn't feel, it is rare for someone who was as young and healthy, physically healthy, as Britney Spears to be placed into a conservatorship. Usually you see it in the elderly and people suffering from mental decline, like dementia and Alzheimer's. So the legal basis for conservatorship According to the probate code in California, a conservator may be appointed for a person who is unable to provide properly for his or her personal needs, for physical health, food, clothing, or shelter, or for persons substantially unable to manage their financial resources or resist fraud or undue influence. So this is from a California self-help website, and it says a judge can only appoint a conservator if if you can show that it's necessary to promote and protect the person's well-being the conservatorship must be designed to encourage the conservatee's maximum self-reliance and independence. Hmm. The person who wants to be a conservator can file, others can file too, like a spouse, a relative, a state or local government agency, like a public guardian, or any other interested person or friend. Even the person who will be the conservatee can file, but that is extremely unusual. Okay, so who can be appointed as a conservator? The law has a system for choosing the conservator, but it gives preference to the person at the top of the list, and then it moves down. So the list goes, number one, a spouse, then an adult child, then a parent, sibling, any other person the law says okay, and then the public guardian. If the person closest to the top of the list does not want to be a conservator, they can nominate someone else. So there are two types of conservatorships. There's over the estate, which is the person's finances, managing their estate, so managing their homes, their money, credit cards even. And then there's the conservatorship over the person, and that has to do with their health. So, I mean, it, it got this nuanced with Brittany, but things like what they eat, it should It doesn't feel like it should be that nuanced, but it was in her situation. But it should be things like getting them proper medical care, getting them to their appointments, making sure they're in a healthy environment. For Brittany's case, it was monitoring even what she drank, making sure she wasn't drinking alcohol, making sure she was taking prescribed medication, things like that. So the mechanics of getting one involves filing an application with all the necessary parts, and this includes a declaration from a medical professional if the reason is because of a mental health issue. There is an investigation by the court, and it's done by a court-appointed investigator, and then there has to be a hearing with their findings as well as the doctor's findings. So you start with a temporary conservatorship, and then you can apply to make it permanent. So once a conservator is appointed, like I just mentioned, the court investigator will stay involved. Six months after the appointment, the investigator will review the case and make sure the conservator is fulfilling his or her responsibilities as the conservator, and the conservatee's rights are being upheld. The investigator will review the case again in another six months, and at the end of each 12-month period after that. So that is supposed to be the safeguard against any abuse or wrongdoing by the conservator. If the investigator thinks that there's a problem after one of these reviews, they can ask the judge to appoint a lawyer for the conservatee, and then there can be a process for sanctioning the conservator and ending the conservatorship. So the investigator is also supposed to give neutral information about the case to the judge, The conservator will set up a interview, an interview with the conservator and conservatee. And the court typically wants the investigator to have private interviews with the conservatee, explain to them how it will change their lives, explain what happens at the hearings. So kind of acting as a pseudo attorney before one is appointed or before the conservatee can have their own counsel. They're also supposed to write a confidential report for the court and send it to the conservator and the conservator's lawyer, and supposed to make recommendations to the judge about the conservatee's case. So then how do you end a conservatorship? Well, because like I mentioned before, it usually gets applied to the elderly. Typically, the way the conservatorship ends is when the conservatee passes away, but The alternative is to petition to terminate the conservatorship, and it can be done by the conservator, the conservatee, the spouse or domestic partner, or any relative or friend of the conservatee or other interested person. And the petition is supposed to state facts showing that the conservatorship is no longer required. So I'm pulling this directly from the probate code. Before researching this, I had no idea that a friend could submit to the court a petition to try and end the conservatorship. Who knew? So shifting gears, let's talk about Britney Spears's conservatorship. And before I started researching this, my entire goal was to try and figure out what Jamie said to get the temporary conservatorship in the first place, and what the doctors said, and, you know, like, what were they saying? Because this made it through multiple rounds of review. I just talked about the investigator. So the investigator, there was one appointed here, and I'll I'll get to that. That's one person who had direct responsibility to go and talk to Brittany and make sure that everything was in order and that this was legitimately needed. And then the court, the judge itself, was like the second level of review who was supposed to review Everything. Everything. The investigator's report, the declaration, and the report by the medical professional, the conservatee's counsel's filings. So, as an attorney, it's hard for me to wrap my head around the fact that she was placed in one without cause. And it pains me to say that because I'm the biggest Brittany fan. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There are so many Britney Spears fans, but like she was one of my first idols when I was a child. But what went wrong here? I was just trying to figure out how multiple professionals, so the investigator and the judge could let this happen. What did they say? What did they find? And unfortunately for all of us, gosh, it's confidential. It's under seal. I'm sure in one of the over 1000 filings. There's a summary of what was said initially, but I'm also positive that that's redacted. So any actual medical diagnoses or reasonings, very likely redacted. And that's standard practice. That is supposed to be confidential. Unfortunately for all of us that want to know the D and want to know what went wrong, like how this happened, we can't. So... It sucks. It really sucks. But like that deep dive by deep dive on YouTube, like they alluded to, it's really clear that Jamie and allegedly Tristar, who he supposedly was working alongside with, it's very clear that they had all their ducks in a row when they filed this. Like, Every form was filled out to a T. Every declaration was ready to go. There were multiple documents filed on February 1st, 2008. So setting the scene again, in 2008, Brittany was twice admitted to hospitals under temporary psychiatric assessments, including after an incident in which she allegedly refused to surrender her sons in a standoff involving police. In recent court filings, her father, so jamie said the conservatorship was necessary to protect britney in every sense of the word the filing said her life was in shambles and she was in physical emotional mental and financial distress so that right there gives us at least a little bit of insight into what he possibly could have said in the filings to get the temporary and then eventual permanent conservatorship so the same day that jamie filed the petition The court assigned an investigator to the case, and the investigator was directed to personally interview and and inform Brittany of the contents of the citation, the nature, purpose, and effect of the proceedings, and the right to oppose the proceeding, attend the hearings, and have the matter tried by a jury, by represented counsel, and have legal counsel appointed by the court if unable to retain an attorney. I'm getting angry there because, as discussed later and discussed throughout her memoir, she didn't know she could get her own attorney. Just, ugh, God. they were supposed to also determine whether determine whether it appears that the proposed conservatee is unable or unwilling to attend the hearing, whether the conservatee, so Brittany, wishes to contest the establishment of the conservatorship, whether Brittany wishes to be represented by counsel, whether she desires the court to appoint legal counsel whether it be helpful to the re- resolution of the matter, whether the proposed conservatee is capable of completing an affidavit of voter registration. I scoured the docket to see if there was a report done by the, the, by the investigator of the conservatorship, which there, there had to have been one, but we can't access it. I just so badly wanted to know what they came up with. Like, what, what was their interview with Britney Spears like at the time? Did they tell her she could get her own counsel? Just, oh, gosh. The court also ordered that Jamie was to be the temporary conservator of this state and the person. So in the order, what the judge did was it took what Jamie applied for, he has multiple paragraphs of what he wants to control of Britney's, and the judge crossed out certain portions of it and then wrote in the judge's own. So I'm going to try and read this. It's pretty small. It says the temporary conservator of the person is granted the following powers in addition to the power provided by law. So this one was crossed out, and I'm assuming it was reinstated later. You'll see why. So this is the power to make all medical and healthcare decisions for the conservatee under the code, including but not limited to the power to consent and authorize hospitalization And a full medical evaluation and diagnostic tests, including but not limited to blood work, urine tests, psychiatric evaluation to prevent the conservative T from discharging herself, yada, 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 yada. As anyone who has any interest in this knows, this eventually was allowed. Jamie was eventually allowed to get her mentally evaluated and to take what Brittany says was a lot of blood. For blood tests. So, continuing on, it also gives the power to restrict and limit visitors, the power to retain caretakers for the conservatee on a 24 hour, seven day basis, the power to retain security guards for the conservatee. And then this one's written in. So, it says the power to prosecute civil harassment hearing orders that the temporary conservator deserves, oh no, deems appropriate. And then it says, PVP Council shall review and discuss the orders and related pleadings with the conservatee. PVP Council shall retain all copies of the orders and pleadings and shall not leave them with the conservatee. The temporary conservator shall have access to any and all medical records and to communications with treating and other expert medical personnel. Then for the estate, so this is like financial affairs, This paragraph got crossed out by the judge, but it says the power to obtain all documents and records relating to the conservatee and her assets, whether held in her name or in the name of another. Then this was actually ordered. It says the power to take all actions necessary to to secure the conservatee's assets, including the power to enter and take possession and control of the conservatee's residence to remove all persons from the residence and take all actions necessary to secure the residence the power to take all actions necessary to secure the conservatee's liquid assets, the power to revoke all powers of attorneys, including powers of attorney for making health care decisions, the power to commence and maintain litigation and participate in any litigation with respect to which the conservatee is a party. Then it says the ability to, co- to contract for the conservatorship and perform outstanding contracts and thereby bind the estate, including confidentiality agreements the judge wrote that part in, and then to contract for the conservatorship and perform outstanding contracts and thereby bind the estate. It also gives power, and this one was written by the judge, temporary conservators have the power to prosecute civil harassment restraining orders that they deem to be appropriate. So the court ends up entering an order on February 4th. So this is If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to Bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's Bombus.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Legal team. Have you guys been on Quince's website recently? I shopped on there like three years ago for the first time and bought myself a bunch of cashmere sweaters. I lived in the black cashmere sweater, lived in it. And I hadn't shopped on there for a while because my cashmere sweaters lasted for a really long time. But I decided to go back on there and oh my gosh, have they completely expanded everything that they offer. The workwear, they have washable silk. And I mean, it's so affordable. I also shared with you all that I'm recently engaged and I'm in the middle of wedding planning. So anytime I'm shopping, I'm thinking about wedding wedding, 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 wedding. and they have everything I need for the wedding. I just booked my honeymoon. We're gonna go to Southeast Asia. It's gonna be hot there, and I've been looking for good linen pieces. Guess what? Quince has good linen pieces and they start at only thirty dollars. Then I'm like, okay, we need to get our wedding bands. You know who has fine jewelry now? 14 karat gold quince. So I send the link to Avery and I'm like, you have to get your wedding band from here. It's affordable and it looks just like any other wedding band. I mean, it looks great. Another thing I'm doing, again, I have wedding on the brain. I want to look my best. So I'm like, okay, I really want cute little matching sets to go work out in. It's the only way I can get motivated. I have to like wear a cute little matching set. I've gone really into Pilates and guess what? quince has the matching sets they look identical to matching sets i've already purchased from another sports brand they have the same thing and at a fraction of the cost i was able to get two tops and one pair of pants for the same price that i could only get one set at this other sportswear place i mean come on quince is just killing it if you've shopped there before it's time to go back on again they have just completely expanded the categories of goods that they have to offer They're not just all about cashmere sweaters anymore. They've got a ton of stuff and I highly recommend you go check it out. If you're ready to go try out Quince, go to quince.com slash docket to get free shipping and 365 day returns. That is q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash docket to get free shipping and 365 day returns. That is an amazing guarantee on their goods, so go check it out. I highly recommend it guys. Three days after the conservatorship was put into place, during that time, Brittany tried to retain her own counsel. So in this order it says, as a result, as a result of the pleadings that have been filed, the declaration by J. Edward Spar, so that's the medical professional, and the report of PVP counsel Mr. Ingham so that's Britney Spears's court-appointed attorney, the court finds that Ms. Spears does not have the capacity to retain counsel, and she lacked the capacity to retain Adam Streisand as her counsel. Ms. Spears has a right to be present at this hearing, and she is not present. According to Dr. Spar's declaration, Ms. Spears does not have the ability to attend the hearing. Mr. Ingham indicated in his report, that Miss Spears was given an opportunity through him to communicate to the court, and she has elected not to. On the basis of Dr. Spar's declaration, so the medical professional, and Mr. Ingham's report, so that's the court-appointed attorney, the court should waive Miss Spears' presence at the hearing. It says Mr. Ingham met with Miss Spears on February 3rd, 2008. So if you've watched, I don't remember which of the documentaries it was, one of the documentaries It is confirmed that she did try to get her own counsel, I think, by using a burner phone. And on Streisand's law firm bio, I think he's an attorney with Shepard Mullen now, the bio says, Streisand earned a claim as Britney Spears' first choice of attorney in her conservatorship case and is featured in the New York Times' Framing Britney Spears, Netflix's Britney versus Spears, Hulu's controlling Britney Spears and Discovery Plus's Jamie versus Britney: the father-daughter trials. So I guess he was in every documentary. Um, so, like this order mentions, it mentions a declaration by Dr. Spar, but that was also confidentially filed, so we cannot see it. Some other notable filings. So Jamie, oh, before I move on, let me address what that court order said in sussy terms because it's just ridiculous. What it's saying is that she was not competent enough, not to, I don't want to use the word competent because we all now know that that has a legal meaning, but she was found not to be able to secure her own legal counsel. And on that basis, they made her keep Sam Ingham, her court-appointed attorney, as her counsel. Yet for those who've seen any of those documentaries, The attorney says that he was contacted by her. He spoke to her. I guess, like, what more do you need to be found able to be mentally sound to get your own counsel? It just doesn't add up. So maybe on that basis, Brittany went out through the next 10 plus years believing that she couldn't get her own attorney. It's just really, really sad because now that she has her own attorney, which I'll get to, he is just filing things left and right he has taken names. So another notable filing is that Jamie moved for and was granted $2,500 per week for his role as conservator of the person, and then another $2,500 per week for being the conservator of the estate. And I'm sure that amount went up throughout the years. But again, I have not had the time to go through all 1,000 filings. This is just from the initial Period of the initial temporary conservatorship. Then on February 6, 2008, after Brittany was released from the hospital, her parents, Jamie and Lynn Spears, released a statement that said, We are deeply concerned about our daughter's safety and vulnerability, and we believe her life is presently at risk. There are conservatorship orders in place created to protect our daughter that are being blatantly disregarded. We ask only that the court's orders be enforced so that a tragedy may be averted. So they kept extending the temporary conservatorship, and eventually a permanent one was entered into later that year. In the meantime, there was a declaration I found interesting by a law professor named William McGovern, who stated he was a professor of law at UCLA. He said he examined the orders entered by the court on February 2nd in the above case including the order appointing temporary conservator of the estate and of the person. And he says that the orders are all defective in that no notice of the hearing was personally delivered to the proposed conservatee as required by the California Probate Code. No reason for dispensing with this requirement was suggested by the order. Checking a box on a printed form stating that notice of hearing is dispensed with for no stated reason does not comply with the statute. The statute is designed to limit exceptions to the notice requirement to only those cases where waiver of notice is essential to protect the proposed conservative. So here's an independent non-party to this submitting a declaration saying, hey, you entered this order. You said in this order you didn't give Britney Spears notice of the order. This is not okay. You have violated the probate code it's unclear what the outcome of the, well, no, it's not unclear. It's unclear in the immediate, so after this was filed, what the outcome was. Obviously, for anyone following this case, you, you know that the conservatorship was not reversed because of this professor's declaration, but it's just another interesting little facet that things were not being complied with. In one of the times the judge extended the conservatorship, so on October 28th, 2008, The judge said the conservatorship is necessary and appropriate for the complexity of financial and business entities and her being susceptible to undue influence. So at some point in this first year, there's a co-conservator appointed over the estate. And if you look throughout the docket, there are a number of inventory and appraisements. And this is a document that tells the court from the conservator of the estate, what property is owned by the estate and approximately how much it's worth. And it's required within 90 days after appointment or whenever the court requests such a document or such an inventory and appraisal, they're supposed to submit it to the court. Another interesting legal issue or legal dispute going on within the conservatorship was the restraining order against Sam Lutfi. Jamie filed on behalf of Brittany for the restraining order, and it was granted. He also filed an order to stop harassment and included a declaration. And in the declaration, he says that Sam tried to contact my daughter by sending text messages to Robert, Roberta Romero, Britney's hairdresser. And then he prepared a log with all those times. And then it says, this is a weird little aside, but on Saturday, January 10, 2009, I received instant messages from a person with the screen name City Galen 310. The person who posed as the mother of a daughter with autism made a number of utterly false and hurtful assertions concerning me and my family, threatening to go public with such purported, quote, information, unless I spoke with that person. I did not respond to that person. I saved these instant messages by emailing them to my email account. Because of the false and libelous claims made in those instant messages, I am not attaching them to this declaration. Within 15 minutes after I received these instant messages, I received a call from Mr. Lutfi who asked me if there was anything he could do to help me and stated he wanted to meet with me as soon as possible. I told him I would meet with him with my attorney. I never again received another instant message from the person with the screen name Galen 310 Lutfi then submitted his own declaration against the protection order, or against the petition seeking protection. That said, I have never registered, used, or sent messages under the anonymous screen name City Galen 310. I have never sent any messages to Jamie Spears or any other person using the screen name City Galen 310. He said he received an anonymous text message from someone using the name City Galen 310, stating, Sam, we need to talk. You can reply to this message. He said he responded to the message and said, You have the wrong person. Sorry. Then he received a series of messages informing me that Jamie was preparing to make public a letter purportedly written written by Brittany making serious accusations against me. When I pressed City Galen 310 for more specific information about the purported letter, they refused to give any such information. And then he attached as an exhibit the compilation of messages. It says, contrary to the assertions made by Jamie in support of the request for orders to stop her harassment, I did not initiate any direct communications with Brittany. Although I did receive text messages from her, all responses me- to those messages were conveyed to Brittany through others. I have not in any alleged communications with Brittany, her hairdresser, or any other person threatening- threatened any act of violence against Brittany or her family. So he admits he was talking to her and at this time he he had a restraining order entered against him to not speak to her so yeah sam was ordered to stay away from britney so yeah here's where i'm talking about the dark period because there are also so many so many so many so many filings filed between this and the next thing i'm going to talk about but it's a lot of seeing little adjustments to the conservatorship on what jamie can do there's sort of movement around who the conservator is. There are check-ins going on with the investigator and with Britney Spears' court-appointed attorney, and she still doesn't have her own attorney. Then on April 25th, 2012, Jason Trewick, Trawick, Britney's fiance at the time, is added as a co-conservator of her person. It should be noted, in the years under the conservatorship, She released three albums, held a successful Vegas residency, made numerous television appearances, including being a judge on the U.S. X Factor. So on January 4th, 2019, Britney finally announced that she's going on a work hiatus. April 2019, she goes through treatment at a mental health facility. On May 10th, 2019, Britney attends a conservatorship hearing with her mom, and it's reported that there is where she first asked to end the conservatorship and earlier that same week lynn filed a motion trying to get access to britney's medical conditions and be updated and kept in the loop in may 2019 jamie got a five-year on on behalf of britney got a five-year permanent restraining order against sam luffy so sam's back And he claimed that Sam was inciting people to use the hashtag Free Britney movement. So the judge here, so the judge has since been swapped out. It's not the same one that put in the permanent conservatorship. The judge said that she found it forthright and credible that Lutfi was a predator on Jamie and Britney's family for more than a decade. He said, I was worried he was trying to take down the conservatorship. I was very angry. I was worried that we were right back in 2008. Which, like, I don't know Sam Lutfi that much. He's a very divisive character in the Britney fandom. But dang, he seemed to be on to something. He was like, get rid of this conservatorship. And Jamie's like, oh, he's trying to take it down. Well, probably figured it for a reason. So then on September 5th, 2019, Jamie stepped down temporarily as the conservator Jody Montgomery was appointed conservator of the person, and she had the right to restrict and limit visitors to Britney Spears. And again, Jody's appointment was temporary. On August 17, 2020, the conservatorship was extended into 2021. Britney, around the same time, filed papers saying that she did not want Jamie to be her conservator anymore, and she preferred Montgomery. On September 3rd, 2020, Brittany claimed in a filing that her dad, Jamie, her conservator, was abusing the sealing process by not allowing the public access to what was going on on the docket. So, it's as far from being a conspiracy theory or a joke, as Jamie reportedly told the media, in large part, this scrutiny is a reasonable and even predictable result of Jamie's aggressive use of the sealing procedure over the years to minimize the amount of meaningful information made available to the public. The filing also said, the world is watching. And yeah, I just want to note again, so there were a lot of filings in this, but many of them didn't appear on the docket because Jamie kept filing to keep them off the docket. In this same filing, Brittany says that she would like Bessemer Trust to serve as the conservator of her estate. In November 2020, the court appointed Bessemer Trust as the co-conservator of the estate, so then it was split between Jamie and Bessemer Trust. On March 23, 2021, she wanted Jamie completely out as the conservator of her person and only wanted Montgomery. On April 27, 2021, Brittany in a court filing asked if she could address the court finally. On June 23rd, 2021, Brittany speaks in court. And for those who didn't have the opportunity to listen in, there are transcripts available of this. The court, the official court written transcript is available. So um, maybe I'll post a link to it because I A thousand percent think this deserves to be read by everyone if you have not read it. It is just so powerful and moving. It was 24 minutes long. You could tell she was so nervous. She was speaking incredibly fast at the beginning. The judge ended up telling her, you have to slow down because the court reporter needs to take down what you're saying. But some highlights were that she said, I just want my life back. I'm not here to be anyone's slave. I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm so angry and I'm depressed. I cry every day. And it was here that the world learned that she did not know she could have her own counsel. That was just, I I have chills thinking about it. That was just the most egregious thing that came out of that. I mean, not, no, not, there were so many egregious things, but that one just stuck out to me. On July 1st, 2021, Bessemer Trust, so the co-conservator of the state, requested to resign from the conservatorship. So they said that after they heard that Brittany did not want to be in this conservatorship, they wanted to abide by her wishes and said, we, do, we cannot be conservators over her estate. She doesn't want this. July 6, 2021, Sam Ingham, her court-appointed lawyer, resigns. He worked with her for 13 years, so the entire time she was in the conservatorship. On July 14, 2021, Brittany finally hired her own lawyer, Matthew S. Rosengart. He's a former federal prosecutor, and he's a well-known Hollywood attorney. On July 23, 2021, Rosengart, on behalf of Brittany, filed to end the conservatorship and called it a Kafkaesque nightmare. On August 9, 2021, they tried to move up the hearing date, but it got denied, so the hearing proceeded on September 29, 2021. On August 12, 2021, Jamie agreed to step down as conservator. I do why. It, it actually kind of frustrates me that he's the one that filed so late in the game to be removed. It's almost like he wants all the credit for finally stepping down. It's like, sir, you're the problem here. You're the problem. And really, it was Brittany. It was Brittany speaking out in court that got the ball rolling. So here's some excerpts from his motion where he says, I can't do this anymore because she doesn't want it. He says, "Miss Spears is now outspoken in her frustration with the level of control imposed by a conservatorship and has pleaded with this court to let her have her life back. So, I mean, frustratingly, though, it doesn't, it, it doesn't read like he's saying he thinks she's okay. He says the reasons are that because she made it clear to the court she doesn't want to be in the conservatorship because after the court heard her testimony, the court let her let her get her own counsel, which before she wasn't allowed to. Like I said, when I first started talking about the conservatorship, it says in doing so, this court has recognized that Miss Spears has both the capacity and capability to identify, engage and instruct counsel of her own choice. So he's basically saying if the court thinks that Ms. Spears has the capacity to choose her own counsel, then I'm agreeing that I'm probably not needed anymore. And then finally, he says that Ms. Spears has demonstrated a level of independence that calls into question whether a conservator of the person is required. Since given Ms. Spears' impassioned pleas to this court and the clearly changed circumstances referred above, it is in Miss Spears' best interest that the court consider whether this conservatorship is still required. Or whether the grounds for establishment of this conservatorship of the person and estate no longer exist. So again, he's not saying, I'm no longer needed and these are the reasons why. He's kind of like just forcing it on the court and being very removed from the decision. So Brittany's attorney latched onto that and said, yep, we want out of this too. No more of this. But noted that Jamie said that he wanted there to be a smooth transition from her being in a conservatorship to out of one. And Britney's counsel's argument back to that was, uh-uh. No, 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 no. you're out of this, dude. We're not letting you do any sort of smooth transition. You're, you're out. This is done. This has to be done. So Britney is officially out of her conservatorship in November 2021. But there are still filings happening to this day on the docket about this conservatorship still going on. So a lot of the more recent filings have to do with paying Jamie's attorney's fees, which is like, gosh, just leave. You don't need this money. Just be the bigger man. Be a dad to her finally and just go. Just go. Britney Spears' attorney is also now turning it back on Jamie and trying to depose him over his misconduct. He wants all the documents, all the records. He wants him on the record saying why he did this, how he messed this up so bad, how this shouldn't have happened in the first place, but how he just completely messed this up. And so I would love to read from this. This is just great legal writing, and I have to, I have to read from this. So it says, And this this is a memorandum where they're trying to get Jamie deposed because he keeps eluding it, and they're trying to get documents from him. So it says, Despite his demonstrably false claims that he has, quote, nothing to hide and would therefore, quote, hide nothing, James P. Spears has been running and hiding from his deposition and accounting for his misconduct under oath as required by law. Indeed, while representing that he would unconditionally cooperate, and act with complete transparency without conditions, Mr. Spears has engaged in stonewalling and obstruction for over six months, dodging his deposition and repeatedly failing to respond to simple requests for basic information, including the following, among other, what were the total fees obtained or received by James Spears from Britney Spears or the estate? What were the total fees obtained or received by TriStar Sports and Entertainment from Britney Spears or the estate? Mr. Spears has also failed, among other things, to produce communications concerning the shocking electronic surveillance apparatus set up to spy on his daughter, including those involving his or her team's contemporaneous real-time capturing and monitoring of Ms. Spears' private communications with third parties, including sacrosanct privileged communications with her, her, with her prior counsel. In placing a bug in his daughter's bedroom. As a suspended conservator, Mr. Spears is legally required to produce all such email and text message communications, including communications with his counsel. That was alluded to in one of the Hulu, not Hulu. I'm not sure if it was the Hulu documentary. It was alluded to in one of the documentaries that she was bugged and all of her ingoing and outgoing, outgoing calls were being monitored. And now Britney's attorney is out for blood. He wants all the information on this because that is a clear violation. And I mean, it, it goes beyond the limits of what Jamie was allowed to do as the conservator. It says, further, despite running a corrupted and conflicted conservatorship that stripped his daughter of certain fundamental liberties, enriching himself from the conservatorship by reaping at least $6.3 million, oh my God, from it while paying his associates tens of million more, And being suspended from his post on September 29, 2021, Mr. Spears continues to harass and bully Britney Spears by, among other things, failing to cooperate with his discovery and fiduciary obligations and serving intrusive and abusive discovery on his own daughter. Even worse, despite the prior trauma Ms. Spears has endured, Mr. Spears is now seeking to take his daughter's deposition. His own daughter's deposition. Even as he hides from answering essential deposition questions concerning a mother, among other things, the substantial pre-conservatorship loan he obtained from TriStar, and whether it was used to implement the conservatorship, and any and all other actual or apparent conflicts of interests, efforts to control his daughter via lithium, the spying operation alleged and exposed by a whistleblower in the New York Times, how many of his daughter's private attorney-client privilege communications were captured and read, and to what end all payments to Tristar, Black Box Security, and other third parties from his daughter's estate, the purposes of all such payments and whether those purposes were concealed from the court, the total sums he paid himself and others, the usage of of conservatorship resources for his own benefit, charging the estate for certain costs or fees, including payment of Lou Taylor's personal legal fees, using Britney Spears' resources to oppose or suppress the Free Britney movement, and his unexplained use of funds generally, and in connection with what the court correctly identified as the extraordinarily high expenses for the Louisiana residents, including payments to his son-in-law's company, Advanced Media Partners. Wow, Mike drop. So he has put in everything that it was alleged in these documentaries into a court pleading and is trying to get answers from Jamie. It goes on to highlight how Jamie has served 145 document requests, and more than 75 other discovery requests on Britney after the conservatorship has ended. And it says these tactics represent an effort, indeed a grotesque and diabolical strategy, to traumatize and bully his daughter, his own daughter, all in the hopes of intimidating and causing her distress. It has been our honor to represent Britney Spears and to seek to protect her from further trauma, bullying, or abuse at the hands of her father or others. And let us all rejoice, because that motion was granted. The court found that Mr. Spears was served with a procedurally proper notice of deposition, and he failed to appear. He said that he had to go sit for the deposition and had to produce the documents. And on the requests that Brittany's attorney mentioned in his motion that he called additional bullying from Jamie, the court said, nope, he denied it, so Brittany didn't have to respond to those. Because the court said that Jamie didn't meet his burden of tying those requests into any of the petitions that were pending before the court. So basically saying they had nothing to do with the issues occurring now. So they ended up taking Jamie's deposition, but then they had to file a motion saying that he didn't end up providing all of the documents that they requested. The documents he did provide, he provided them in a weird format. Like he produced text messages, but They were individual text messages, and that's not the way you produce text messages in a proceeding. You typically have to produce them in a chain. You have to show them chronologically, and he produced them just ad hoc, kind of out of order, so no one could tell what the messages were responding to. They weren't really a conversation. And then they also wanted another day of deposing him and moved for sanctions against Jamie and his attorneys, for Brittany's attorney even having to file this motion. And the big sticking point in what Jamie was refu- refusing to answer the deposition was the discussion of the bug in her room. He kept saying it didn't exist, but the Britney's attorney in the motion says that he is misleading them because, in fact, a whistleblower alleged the Times reported the physical evidence shows, and former FBI special agent Body corroborated that there was indeed a listening or recording device planted in Miss Spears' home. So Brittany's motion is basically saying, Mr. Spears, you're lying. We know you're lying because other people have corroborated this, so you better answer our deposition questions, honestly, next time. Oh, oh, and they're also trying to depose Tristar hold TriStar accountable for their involvement in this. TriStar has been around since the beginning. It's alleged they have a huge hand in getting the conservatorship and profiting off of the conservatorship. So we'll keep our eyes on this because this is very interesting. I cannot wait for everyone to get their comeuppance. Is that how you say it? Get what what they deserve. So I wanted to mention this, like what happened? What was the effect of this? Has there been any change to the laws? And yes, there has. So in October 2022, Gavin Newsom signed a bill limiting conservatorships that grant legal guardianship over individuals. It says that judges have to document, document all alternatives to a conservatorship before granting one. Other states, some other states, have a similar law. It also allows for, quote, supported decision-making which allows people with disabilities to choose trusted individuals to support them in making decisions. It requires conservators to talk to the conservatee about decisions and to the greatest extent possible take their wishes into consideration unless it endangers their health or safety. It also makes it easier to dissolve probate conservatorships by granting conservatees more power to contest the establishment or maintenance of a conservatorship. It imposes a lot of new restrictions involved in conservatorships, so it's unfortunate that something so grave and terrible had to happen for any change to be made. But it's a positive out of everything that happened to Miss Britney Spears. So I'm going to wrap this up here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this, even though I didn't have the time to dive into every document. I still might do it for my own fun. I will note, it is so expensive to pull some of these documents from PACER. No, 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 not, excuse me, not from PACER. This is in state court. It's in Los Angeles County. And I mean, when you get a big document, which a lot of these are, like there was a declaration by Britney Spears that was 320 pages, you get charged per page. So I spent a lot of our Bravo Ducat money <laughs> pulling these documents, so your support means so 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 much. That's your support with our advertisers, your support on Patreon. I mean, that is what we use that money for because <laughs> my goodness, it costs a lot to pull these documents. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. Please reach out if you have any questions about this episode. I'm going to put that YouTube deep dive at least the first episode i'm going to put a link to it in our episode description so if you want more of this you can listen to over five hours of it maybe close to seven hours of it thank you for following us for supporting the bravo docket you can find more content on our instagram and our patreon all right until next time thanks legal team the bravo docket is part of the acast creator network